1: I'm station manager, Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif.
2: Good morning, Tina.
1: Let's start with the check on sales in the region. How's it been out there?
2: You know, February has been a a great month and, and what it's contributed to is January and February have been pretty much exactly the same as January, February of 2018. So as we closed out February, we were selling about 30 homes a day in the region and that's pretty good considering the weather that we've had over the last little while.
1: And are sellers holding off on offers? What's happening out there?
2: They are. They. I mean, right now what you're seeing is inventory starting to come down. So we have lower inventory levels than we did in 2018 to start off the year. We've still had just as many sales. So if you think about lower inventory average price is up in almost every area of the region except for three. And even then, it's not significantly lower. So you're starting to see that trend now where, we're going to start to see sellers hold off. We're already seeing that uh, where almost every listing that you pull up, that's a pretty hot listing. You're going to see offers will be accepted on such and such date at such and such time. And so the sellers know that they have a pool of buyers out there that are ready to go. There's been a lot of pent up demand over the last year. And this is what we're going to see over the next three or four months.
1: So you're saying that the sellers are creating these bidding wars.
2: It's not so much the sellers creating them, but sellers recognizing the state of the market right now. And there's a lot of buyers out there. So they want to give all the buyers an opportunity to get through their home so that they can get the best possible price for their home.
1: Wow. And it sounds like it's it's certainly then a seller's market.
2: It is. It, it really hasn't changed. It's always been a seller's market. There was a window where buyers were able to take advantage of and that it it still might be open in certain situations, but it's closing really fast. So when that window closes, you're going to start to see multiple offers. Again, we compared this, Tina, to 2009, the start of 2019. And you're starting to see the same situation happen where we're running out of inventory in york region we We only had throughout the entire region just over three thousand homes for sale so when you have that across a region and you're selling you know almost a thousand homes per month, now you're down to about three months of inventory, which is a seller's market. And you're going to start to see that trend continue. You're going to start to see bidding wars, multiple offers, people paying more for homes than they would have two months ago. That's going to drive the average price up and continue to bring inventory down.
1: So you've been at both ends of the deal. You've been, you represented buyers and sellers. How do you prepare each of them for that multiple offer scenario? You
2: know, it's a great question because when we're preparing our sellers to go into a market like this, You want to educate them on a few different things. One is the highest priced offer may not be the best offer. You want to make sure that they understand that going in because it's not all about the money. There's a lot of other things that go into an offer and the preparation of an offer. Is it going to meet the closing date that they want? What are the conditions? You know, would you rather take a, a, an offer that has two conditions that the seller ha- or the buyer has an out with, or would you have something firm, even though it might be five or ten thousand dollars less? So you have to have the conversation with the sellers of all of these things, and you also have to make sure in today's market that the house is going to appraise. So if someone comes in and offers me fifty thousand dollars over asking on a property, and I know the bank's not going to appraise it, I need to know what they're putting down. Where the money's coming from? Is it going to be a mortgage? Because if the bank doesn't appraise it, the house sale is going to fall apart at the last minute. That's not what you want either. Yikes, yeah.
1: And so, you know what? So here we are. There are many multiple offer situations out there. That's a tough road to navigate. And you say it's not all about the money. But then, you know, if these conditions are minor, isn't it all about the money? It depends.
2: Like So on the other side, if we're talking to our buyers, mm-hmm. we're going to be letting them know what they need to do to have the strongest offer. And you need to position yourself in that offer situation so that the seller's looking at you and saying, you know what, I really like that offer because you don't want conditions. And that doesn't mean, hey, no home inspection. You do your home inspection prior to the offer date. So now you have the peace of mind. It, it's like buying insurance. So you're spending three or $400 on a home inspection prior to going in. That way you know that you're buying a home and you're comfortable paying for this home because there aren't any significant problems. You go and get pre-approved prior to putting it in so you know exactly what you can go up to and then you're not stressing about having to pay more than what you feel you could be qualified for. You know exactly what you're qualified for. You go and get your bank draft so that the seller is comfortable with your offer enough that you know, they know that this is not going to fall apart because you've already brought in your bank draft for your deposit. So all these things have to be explained to the buyer itself because we have to guide them and show them that we can get them this house and they may not have to pay the highest price for it.
1: But if it's a seller's market, can't the seller put a wrench in all those plans and say, you know what? No, there's going to be no uh, home inspection before an offer or or any of these other restrictions. Can't they guide the way this deal is going to go? They sure can. But if
2: they start putting stipulations like you can't have a home inspection before I sell my house, they're going to lose a lot of deals. Because as an agent representing a buyer, I'm not going to let my buyer go into a situation where... They're not totally comfortable. So and there's a lot of agents that are going to be representing their buyers in the same way because these are our clients. We have to take care of them and treat them, you know, fairly and and show them that we're looking out for their best interest. And if a seller is putting conditions like, you know, this is what I want and that's what I want, the seller in the end wants the best possible deal. So they can't be telling the buyers what they can or cannot do in that certain situation because the buyer wants to be comfortable knowing that they're going to pay more for this house, but they have all of their decks in order.
1: Yeah, and the seller, you know, when it comes down to it, wants that deal to go through as well.
2: If the seller is anticipating that they're going to get fifty or $60,000 because their neighbors did two years ago, they're not going to be able to realize on that because even if someone says, fine, I'll give you that fifty or $60,000, when it comes time to close that deal's going to fall apart. We saw a lot of that in 2016, 2017, even 2018 where people had paid more and the bank didn't appraise it and the deal fell apart. So you've not only lost that one deal that you had, you've lost all the other people that were in that multiple offer. So you need to make sure that you know, you're not expecting way more than market value because the house won't close.
1: So let's circle back. We began this conversation about sales in the region. You talked about how uh, the price is going up. Does that have to, is that single family homes? Is that uh, uh, semis? Is that condos? What are we talking about?
2: So the interesting thing is when I was talking average price there, it was a weighted average. So it's everything. This takes into consideration the change in the mix. So now that we're selling more condos in our region, the average price increase takes that into account. So just think of how much more a single family detached or townhouses or semis are starting to go up now, even though condo prices being lower are trying to pull that average down.
1: Okay. So what we saw, I think last year, that average price was coming down. That was because people were investing in condos.
2: Exactly. There there. were It was lower ticket items that they were purchasing. So with the average condo price hovering around $500,000 and the detached price hovering around 1.2, that's obviously going to drive the average price down. For the average price to be increasing year over year, you know that everything is going up.
1: When we come back, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, Tim Hudak joins the show. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us now is Tim Hudak, CEO of the Interior Real Estate Association. Tim, thanks so much for uh, coming back on the show.
3: Hey, you bet. Uh, Asif, Tina, thanks very much for having me back on On The Market. I'm really excited.
2: Tim, we've been talking a lot about uh, multiple offers in the first part of this show, and it's because it seems to be back. It's almost if it's feeling like 2009 all over again, where the the inventory is starting to dwindle and the market is heating up, prices are climbing, and we're back into that multiple offer phenomenon.
3: Well, you know, it's not surprising, Asif, to hear you say that. the The fundamental challenge remains the the same as a few years ago. We've got a lot more buyers. That's a good thing. Millennials, new Canadians who are moving here from across Canada because it's a great place to live. So that's a good problem to have. The bad side of it is we don't have enough housing supply. And we've got more and more people chasing fewer and fewer homes. And as a result, it means that homeownership is being pushed further out of reach for struggling Ontario families.
2: Exactly. And what we're starting to see is it's it's that pent up demand that we had over the last year and a half or so where people were sitting on the fence because They were waiting for that other shoe to drop, and it didn't drop. And now they're in the market. They're ready to go. They're hungry. Like you said, the new immigrants, they strive for property ownership. The millennials, they want to get into property ownership. And that's what's driving these multiple offers right now. It's early in the year, but we're already starting to see them. There's a process where Aria had proposed that there should be open bidding. Can you tell us a little bit about the thought process behind that?
3: Yeah, and let's not lose sight of the, the big issue here. Like, what's what's the best way to solve this issue where people will bid on home after home and after home and still not find a place to call their own? The answer is housing supply. And on the positive side of the coin here, Oria uh, did the Keep the Dream Alive campaign, asked if we talked about this on a previous show, and it was tremendously successful. We had over 30 million people see the uh, the ad. About 20,000 emails were sent from citizens to Premier Ford, Andrew Horvath, and all the political parties. The good news is the Ford government has listened, and they've called into play what they call the Housing Supply Action Plan. So we've made a lot of progress there. You can't build a house overnight or in a week, but at least it made a commitment more supply will come into the market. On the part of your question around the open, transparent offer process, we have also said in areas of multiple bids, let's allow the people involved, buyers and sellers, to have a choice. Do you want to do the traditional system where the privacy is protected? Or do you want to have an open offer where you lay everything on the table? Our qualification, though, is this is a pretty big deal. There's a lot of personal information on the table. So an open offer process has to be opt-in. Everybody has to agree to those rules, not be forced.
2: That's awesome. So if there's four or five offers, all four or five people, as well as a seller, have to opt into that process. So it's not just, hey, here's everyone's offers. Because ego could drive price up in that as well.
3: Yeah, you got it. I mean, we got to be careful, right? That um, you might get into sort of, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I don't like that guy sitting across the table, so I'm going to keep overbidding him and you lose track of what you can afford. The, the biggest thing to keep in mind here is always work with a professional. The realtor who, you know, knows what you're about, what you can afford, is going to act in your interests and keep you focused, right? Don't lose sight of the ball from emotion. That's why you should always work with a real estate professional Ontario realtor at your side. Number two on this topic is let's not forget, you know, if you're going to put all the details on the table, like what your offer is, what the down payment is going to be, the closing date. I mean, even us and Tina, you know, who gets the washing machine and the dishwasher, right? But there's a lot of private information there that you might not want to share with a bunch of strangers around the table. So let's make the government understand that and make that an opt-in process by consent only.
1: Now, Tim, you're a former leader of the Conservative Party. You're, you know, there is now a Conservative leader in office. The, You know, the province has a Conservative Premier. Are you finding that the province or the government is more open to business and more open to talking about changes to real estate and encouraging um, more people to get into the market?
3: You know, we've got really good relationships with uh, with all four of the political parties. And, you know, having been around the legislature for 21 years, that was my rule. You can have a bit of combat during question period, but you always have to keep open the door, open channels, and work with all parties. And when I talk about our Keep the Dream Alive campaign, people can see that at keepthedreamalive.ca. It's still up. We made sure we worked with all four parties. We do like a number of the decisions that the Ford government has made. I already talked about increasing housing supply and choice in the marketplace. They've also brought forward a consultation document on REBA reform. Now, REBA, the Real Estate Business Brokers Act, that's the acronym. Those are the rules that govern real estate transactions and realtors in Ontario. The Act is 2002. I can't imagine a house in York region. My goodness, it's probably about 150 in 2002. The world's changed a lot. So the Ford government has now opened the door to modernizing that legislation. We've been knocking on it for ten years, so we're very excited about that.
2: That's awesome. And, and you know the changes that took place about two years ago. I mean, they really were detrimental to the the entire you know community. Or the land transfer tax that were not taken in because of the changes to throttle demand. That's pretty much showing its colors right now because if you look at like a city of Toronto and they're short money, it's because they haven't been taking in this land transfer tax. So are there any reforms planned to, uh, I, I know they're working on increased housing supply, but how do we get more, how do we get the housing market to contribute more to the economy? Because the housing market has traditionally been our economy's main engine.
3: Yeah, I mean, more homeowners means a couple of things. I mean, more homeowners, you know this asset from your work. There's nothing that makes you happier when you can turn the keys over to somebody's dream home or that first-time home buyer they got the job, maybe they're expecting a little one, and you help them connect with a home of their own, right? That's the best feeling for a realtor to do that. The benefit of that from a public policy point of view is that study after study has demonstrated that homeowners build a stronger social fabric. They tend to be more involved in their community. They volunteer They get to know and care about their neighbors and their kids, all else constant. You know, whatever the job, the education, the kids tend to do better in school and get better jobs when they graduate. So that's the hallmark of our strong middle class, and that's what Ontario realtors are all about. So the more homeowners we get, that does mean more revenue comes in the province, but the surest way to choke that off, the surest way to strangle that is to increase the land transfer tax. That will drop the market dead.
1: Now, we've heard a great deal on this show about the stress test and the impact that that has had on buyers and sellers. What about changes to the stress test? Do you think that's coming down the pipe as well?
3: You know, I think that is going to be a major issue in the federal election that's coming up uh, this fall, this 2019 October election campaign. Look, look, I think when, when the prices were really frothy in the marketplace in 2017, all levels of government decided to attack Demand. They decided to attack home buyers. So we saw higher taxes that came into play. Uh, we saw more interest in interfering in the market, including this new stress test and eliminating some choices when it comes to how you finance your mortgage. So the end result is now that the, the market, uh, is, uh, you know, back to a more balanced market, there's been a lot new burden put on the back of potential homeowners. The mortgage professionals of Canada calculate that some 200,000 families across Canada have either had a pass on buying a home or had to get one of much lesser value as a result of these initiatives. You know, when you think of a pendulum, it's just swung too far against a potential homeowner. I hope this upcoming election campaign that the Liberals, Conservatives, and New Democrats will put ideas on the table to restore that pendulum back into balance and give young millennials or new Canadians a better shot at buying a home.
2: You know, Tim, th- thank you so much for your work on, on helping to, you know, make the government see that we do need more housing supply and also for your work in, you know, making making sure the land transfer taxes stay where they are and, you know, in the future, changes to the stress test because this is all exciting news for home home buyers, potential home buyers, and also the industry as a whole.
3: Yeah, and, and it shows Thanks, Sam. So the realtors are on the side of, you know, everyday Canadians who just want to join the middle class uh, and get ahead and invest in their homes. And I'll I'll give credit to the Ford government on uh, REBA reform because we want to make sure at the end of the day, when a York resident or any Ontarian is making the biggest purchase of their lives buying a home, that the realtor at their side has the highest level of education, the highest level of professional standards, and modern real estate tools like personal real estate corporations to help the consumer. And that's what the REBA reform is all about.
2: Tim, thank you so much for chatting with us. If our listeners want more information about the Ontario Real Estate Association, where can they connect?
3: Yep, just by our acronym, O-R-E-A, so aria.com. They can learn a lot about what we're about. We're also on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm Tim Hudak, H-U-D-A-K, Tim Hudak. I usually put a lot of stuff about what we're doing as well.
1: Thanks again, Tim.
3: You bet. Have a great day now.
1: You too. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on Schedule to find On the Market and a list of our other shows. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him 416 985 Khan. That's 416 985 5426. Or email ossif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 1059 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 1059 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. The first one comes from Lydia in Woodbridge. Her question is, there has been a home in her neighborhood for sale for at least two months with what looks like little movement. She is worried about how easy or difficult it will be to list and sell her home next month, especially since she has already purchased her new home. Asif, what do you think? Lydia, this is a great
2: question and it's something that we are faced with over and over again in in different markets and especially because the last year and a half, there's been so much uncertainty and, and there's been so much speculation as to what's happening. Prices are all over the place and this is what happens when Uh, Houses are not priced properly or there's only three reasons the house hasn't sold and it's got to be price, condition or accessibility. So if we can go and visit this house, I'll be able to tell you what you have versus what they have and how we can position your house to be first off the bus. And there's going to be one you have to be priced at the market value for your neighborhood. If you're too high, people aren't even seeing your property because they're searching in the market range that your neighborhood has to offer. The other thing is condition. What does this have that yours doesn't, or what do you have that this doesn't, and how does it rank in your neighborhood? You know, does is everyone in your area uh, have granite counters or finished basements? Maybe this one doesn't. That could be what's making it stand out, and they're trying to get too much. It could also be accessibility. Maybe that there's tenants in there, and they're only allowing showings on weekends, Because you want to be able to have your house available to people when they need to see it because they're altering their schedules at work or at home to be able to go out and see properties. And if yours is not available when they're able to go, that's going to be a detriment as well. So lots of reasons, but everything is selling quick right now as long as it's priced properly, as long
1: as it shows well and people can get in. So how does she know that her agent is on the right track, that maybe he or she isn't going to misguide her, perhaps like this other house in the neighborhood? Well, you want to be able to ask your agent what the actual market
2: value for homes in your area is and, you know, go up against this house head to head because you want to use that property. If it's not priced well, you're going to use that property to sell yours because when people see both of those properties and you're at market value, they're trying to get what someone got in 2016 in the really hot market. That's going to help you sell your house. So it'll it'll help you with a quicker sale. So, you know, hopefully they don't reduce their price or whatever the deal is with that home. And you're able to use that to capitalize on the traffic that's in the area to sell your house first.
1: How do you deal with a client who wants to get the most, and we all do, we want to get the most bang for our buck? Um, but you know, maybe you're coming in and saying, well, actually, your home is not worth that much. How do you deal with that client?
2: We often have people that are the highest bidders for their own home. <laughs> and by that, it means that, you know, they, They've done certain things, and it's an emotional decision. Pricing your home is very emotional because everyone thinks that they have the best home in the neighborhood. And if, it, if they don't think they have the best home, they're trying to improve it so that they do have the best home. But when you're comparing apples to apples, when you're going out and taking a look at what your competition has, that's really going to set the tone for what you're pricing your home at. And you want to be honest with your uh, pricing decisions because that's what's going to drive traffic. That's what's going to get your house sold.
1: All right, speaking of honesty, our next question comes from Jason in Richmond Hill. His question is, he plans to list his home this summer and is wondering what are his obligations to disclose in terms of specifically his residence as well as his neighborhood? Mm, Interesting one here.
2: That is, and it's it's a realtor's job to be able to find out if there's any latent effects or pertinent information about a neighborhood that needs to be disclosed. I mean, if there's been a murder in the home or if there's been a, you know, a stigma attached to that home, if it was a former grow up or anything like that, you have to disclose that because you can get sued after the fact. So if someone moves in and you haven't told them and one of the neighbors, that's who usually rats everyone out, it's the neighbors because they're <laughs> going to come out and say, Oh, you know, I can't believe you bought this house because the police were in here two months ago and they took uh, a bag out, which looked like a body. So even though you're not telling them and you're hiding it the best you can, one of the neighbors is going to come in and spill the beans. And now the agent, as well as the former homeowner, they could get sued.
1: And what about issues like noise and, you know, maybe disorderly neighbors? What, what do you do? You have to disclose that kind of information? You have to disclose anything that could
2: affect the property value, and with that, anything that's going to uh, be a detriment to people in the future or that you know of if there's been water damage in the basement and it's ongoing and recurring in the entire area, you need to disclose that and and also the steps that you've taken to rectify it because a lot of times people have fixed it. So that could be a benefit to you to say, I've had this done to the basement and my basement doesn't leak even though the area has a problem. So you want to be able to do that.
1: Okay, Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that?
2: They can give me a call at 416-985-CON, which is 416-985-5426.
1: Just before we go, this week's Hot Listing and joining us next is Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Thanks, Tina. This week's Hot Listing is a brand new executive home in the exclusive neighborhood of Stonehaven in Newmarket. The owners of this property have spent over $100,000 in upgrades, including brand new black stainless steel Samsung appliances. They put in beautiful light fixtures, including two chandeliers. They have custom-made blinds. They have it all. It's pre-wired for alarm system, garage door, everything. Wow, it sounds like it's ready to go, Asif.
2: It really is. It's move-in ready because the owners were actually going to move in and then they had a change in their employment and they had to move out of town. So this has never been lived in and it's a, a great investment. Stonehaven's always had this prestige about it. It's an okay, executive community. It? It's at Leslie and Mullock. It's an executive community. A lot of A lot of great... Families living in there, new plazas. It's surrounded. It's right by the arena. So there's a lot going on in this area, and it's it's an area where people are moving to from all over the region just because of the prestige that surrounds the Stonehaven area.
1: And is it unusual that upgraded appliances are included in this property? It is. Usually, you get brand new
2: homes that have the base models but again everything that's been done in this home has been because this family wanted to make this their forever home. So you've got the best of upgrades throughout this home which is going to make this uh, you know a one stop for any family that wants to be here. It's you don't have to do any work. You just move in and you're ready to go.
1: Move in ready. Absolutely. Okay, Heather, one more time, where can our listeners get more information and the list price of this property? This house is located at 553 Harry Douglas Street and listed for $1,298,000. And for more information, they can contact Helen Liu at 905-554-5522. Asif, that's our show for this week.
2: Great show, Tina. Thank you very much.
1: Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.